Welcome to the Aftershock post-game show. My name is Alex Morgan. I am here at uh, PayPal Park after San Jose's 2-1 to victory over LAFC. It takes them to seven games undefeated now, which is the longest active streak in Major League Soccer. Here to discuss with me is Daniel Sperry, who is a MLS contributor for last word on soccer. Daniel's been following the Quakes for a long time and also now covering Sporting Kansas City. Uh, he's been on the show before, but we're happy to have you back, Daniel. Thank you for joining us. And uh, what are your thoughts on the game today? Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, I thought it was a, a good win. Um, the, the, you know, This is a team that's really been kind of starting to round into form. And we saw the, the chance creation and the finishing was really starting to show up a little bit too. As you get guys like Jackson Newell back in there, um, I know we, we'll get more to some of the what Ubavise brought and um, some of the, the attacking looks that we saw. But uh, Shofis Lopez is getting on the score sheet a lot lately. Um, and uh, it's nice to see him getting on the score sheet as well as Espinoza. Um, and, you know, Nathan has continued to help make that back line solid. You know, I don't think they've, they have not given up more than one goal. Uh, in a game uh, since uh, there in this entire run, the seven game unbeaten run. Um, so I, this is, this is a good, a good stretch for them right now. And it's, uh, it was one of those of like, all right, they kind of crept out of the, uh, the, 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 the break and now it's really starting to pick up. Uh, so a lot of good things today. Absolutely. I mean, just here in the stadium, the energy in that first half, was stronger than I've seen in a long time. Uh, I mean, the Quakes felt like they had their swagger back. You had uh, Trophy sort of directing the attack. Uh, you had Cade Cowell running in behind. Christian Espinosa was getting in behind. Uh, he set up Trophy's goal. And finally, it feels like it's clicking up top. After that stretch of 12, 13 games without a win, uh, Matias Almeida had to change some things up. And he, I think, basically went towards a more pragmatic uh, approach launching on the counterattack. And that sort of helped them get out of the, I, I think, get out of the stretch the that they had, the funk, get yeah. out of the funk. Exactly. But now I think you're starting to see them, you know, open up their shells a little bit more, start to be a little more attacking. Today it felt like they were the ones on the front foot pressing LAFC. Granted, I think this is a LAFC team that has been pretty poor recently. They looked quite disorganized, I think, in most phases, every phase of attack. But credit to the Earthquakes for really pummeling them in that first half with wave mm -hmm. after wave of attack. Uh, and uh, I, I think that's credit to Matias Almeida for turning this ship uh, around. Uh, I think it was a little less exciting in the second half. You had an injury to Abacasis, which uh, forced Almeida to change things up. Uh, and... Uh, I'm hearing right now that we're going to have Matias Almeida 
uh, joining us fairly shortly, not just yet, but fairly shortly in the post-match press conference. Uh, he'll ha be having one player as well uh, we'll be speaking to. And hopefully we'll hear more from him about that tactical change and, and that substitution that he made after Avakasis got injured. Uh, because he brought on Abobasi in the first half. Uh, I think it's a bit of a weird introduction, Daniel, to throw him in in the 36-minute he didn't seem entirely comfortable. I think it kind of threw off San Jose's rhythm. Uh, but there were obviously some positive signs as well. So what what was your thoughts on what he contributed? Yeah, um, I think you started to see it in the second half. Um, there was a lot of chances where they had to play him in behind and play some runs that kind of passed the <coughs> – excuse me, split defenders and uh, got him in behind. And it never really came off yet. Um, there's just not enough chemistry yet between them. But I think uh, sooner or later, um, those passes those passes were there in the first half when he wasn't on the field, finding Espinoza cutting in off the back shoulder of the fullbacks <laughs> and uh, a little bit of even, you know, the balls that Shofis played. Those are, um, are the that were played into Shofis too. Um, you know, those are those are the types of runs that Ibo Bise will thrive on up top. Um, so I thought he did okay um, in the in that matchup. Um and just getting thrown into the situation, I believe, um, on the broadcast, they had mentioned, or someone on <laughs> on Twitter had mentioned that the moment Abakasis fell um, earlier on in the match that they had Paul Marie and Ibubise warming up pretty heavily. Um, so it makes sense um, that that's uh, the, the, the sub that they went to if they felt Abakasis couldn't continue. Um, I'm curious to see how tactical it was. <coughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I thought he did well for considering what he was thrown into. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing, uh, the, the, the chemistry between that group, uh, really open up because Jackson Ewell was back on his game today, playing long balls and splitting lines and finding those pockets of space perfectly. And, uh, I think it would be, uh, a, a really big help if he, comes into form around the same time we get used to Ibo Bise up top. And that really helps the Quakes um, uh, kind of do a lot of different things in the attack because you can play Shofis underneath Ibo Bise if he's going to run off the back shoulder. Um, you have a smart guy that's making uh, good runs in inside the box. Um, and so I I'm looking forward to seeing how it all gels. But the first uh, 60 minutes or so of Ibo Bise in a Quakes uniform was uh, pretty good considering they probably had maybe one, two training sessions uh, with him uh, since, uh, you know, the match on Wednesday. So um, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive that um, uh, he was able to come in and play the way he did uh, for as long as he did um, with such little uh, time and repetition with the squad. Absolutely. And, you know, Matias Almeida in the past has taken a long time to sort of introduce players into the team and, and introduce new signings, get them into the starting lineup because of the man marking system that he, he plays and sort of the unusual tactics that he has in the past. You've seen him take, you know, three, four weeks to get guys into the team. You talk about midseason signings like Carlos Fierro and uh, Andy Rios, neither of them really featured much uh, in their first season after they were signed in the summer. Um, but he threw Obobese right in and uh, look, I think I, I agree with you for the situation. I thought he did well. I thought you saw signs of potential. Uh, I really liked how he was checking to the ball and looking to involve uh, Chofis and involve the wingers. 
uh, in the play. Uh, I think that there were signs of uh, really positive signs from him. Now, I, I'm still not convinced it was the right decision to bring him in. I think the Quakes had looked really strong in those first 36 minutes. And, you know, if you know that Abacasis is struggling with injury, he had Abobasi and Paul Marie uh, warming up on the sideline, I believe. I would have liked to see him just straight swap for Paul Marie, uh, get him some minutes. And if it's not broke, you know, don't try to change it. I thought the Quakes were playing well in that first half. They had a ton of momentum. So just a straight swap for Paul Marie or even Marcos Lopez would have made more sense to me. Uh, but look, the Quakes hold on to the win. Uh, you know, no harm done there, I think. And it's good to get Obobasi some minutes to get him, you know, looking more comfortable in there. I don't really think he was aware of what was happening in terms of the man marking scheme. He was sort of doing what uh, he always does with other teams, uh, which is sort of marking more zonally. Uh, but for the Quakes, it worked out fine. And one thing that you mentioned that I want to circle back to uh, is Jackson Ewell in the middle, because I agree that uh, he looked very strong tonight. And, you know, you saw for the first time in a while, Jackson Ewell and Judson playing in there together. Uh, and, you know, they were for many years, they were the, the group, they were the partnership anchoring San Jose's midfield. And this season that kind of got switched up. You had uh, Judson struggling for fitness at the start of the year. And you saw Eric Rometty start and play in there, but, I don't really think that Eric Rometty and Jackson Ewell ever had the strongest combination. I still think they're learning how to play with each other. I think individually they're both really talented players and can be used in different situations. But I didn't really see the chemistry there. And, you know, throughout the summer, I think as we've seen Judson sort of revamp his fitness, get back up to 100%, uh, I think that uh, he's been playing better and better. And now to have Jackson coming back from, you know, Nations League Gold Cup international duty, I'm really excited to see what that partnership can do again. They're getting back to basics uh, and they're just playing really well together. They have the awareness when one is dropping off, one is pushing forward. You know, Judson's very much a lateral passer. He's just passing the ball side to side and looking for Jackson. And Jackson is the guy who's looking for those passes in behind. And especially when you have Cade Cowell running the wing, when you have uh -huh. Christian Espinosa running the wing, that is very dangerous. And I'm actually curious, Daniel, what you thought of Cade Cowell on the wing, because that is somewhere we might see him more. Now that you have a Bobasi in there, you know, looking to claim that number nine spot, you know, how do you think that Cade Cowell looked on the wing? Do you think that <coughs> that could be a permanent home for Cade Cowell out on the left? Yeah, I definitely do think that could be a good home for him. Uh, Cade, um, you know, I think the tendency to to put young players uh, out wide um, earlier on in their career um, is one that normally happens. Uh, mistakes out there are less costly. Um, it's easy to push them out wide. He's been playing well as a striker, but I just don't know if it's all clicked yet for him as the number nine and to play him up top. And I think his pace really offers and physicality offers a different um, getting behind uh, wide type thing where, you know, I at times I know LAFC wanted to split away from that fourth uh, from that five, three, two, um, five, two, three, whatever the heck they attempted to roll out against Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday night, um, which I don't know why teams continue to do that. Uh, Sporting Kansas City historically shreds anyone that plays a three or five at uh, at the back system, uh, you know, the quakes, uh, in that earlier game this year, um, has been the one that, that that's been able to stifle it. The only one so far. Um, so, uh, 
you know they they get away from that but at the at the same time the the way lafc plays those pockets those uh in behind the fullback um in that space between the center back and the fullback and as the fullback pushes up that pocket of onside space there is where uh wingers can really be deadly against a team like that and we saw Cade kind of hanging out in that spot trying to find those places and get in and then come cut inside uh when he needs to um as uh you know Shea, Shea Salinas we saw when he was out, out on the left side uh left hand side we saw him overlapping a bit too so um you know I think uh there's the the left wing I think is a good home for Cade because I think he understands where he needs to run off of um I just don't know if the total build-up play from him is totally there yet um and kind of understanding the link up play and the passing and stuff but uh he can be with the way the quakes play so vertical and direct down the wing um i think that could be a really good home for him especially with a guy like Ibo Bise too um that is going to drop inside pull a defender with him and open up more space um on the back line so it's a great way for Cade to get in and kind of get those one-on-one situations um which he did so well last year at getting when he would come on as a substitute you know that was that was it. That, that, those were the moments you were waiting for from Cade. So um, I, I'm, I, I think it's a good place for him. I think it's a, a good home for him there. Um, but yeah, you know, this LA, you mentioned earlier, this LAFC team's going through a really rough stretch right now. Uh, they got destroyed on Wednesday night. Um, they did not look good uh, late against Minnesota United on the well, weekend before that. Today, so I believe we've got Matias Almeida. So I will turn it over to the press conference now. Let's get started with Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Matias. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, congratulations on the victory. Uh, the team is now defeated, uh, undefeated in seven games. Uh, does it feel like uh, you guys have kind of figured uh, figured it out? Uh, you guys were having, you know, some sh- issues getting getting results uh, for a stretch there in the summer, but now it feels like the team has momentum uh, and energy, uh, and that you guys have solved some of those issues. Muted. Felicidades por la victoria. Pregunta si eh, sentís que el equipo ya corrigió los errores que tenía que tenían antes, porque ya van siete partidos invictos. Eh, anteriormente el equipo estaba eh, sufriendo en, en una parte del torneo y ahora se siente como que el equipo tiene un impulso que lo ayuda y que tiene que ahora le lleva energía. Si sentís que ya se eh, corrigió. Ante todo, buenas tardes. Firstly, good evening. Creo que sí que hemos mejorado muchísimo. I do think we've a lot. Hemos modificado algunas cosas. We've some Tenemos que seguir mejorando para poder crecer. Pero teniendo en cuenta los rivales que estamos enfrentando y la manera que estamos jugando, creo que el crecimiento es grande. Tenemos que seguir por este camino que creo que es la parte principal. We have to follow this path. I, I think that's the main thing. Thank you, Matias. This question comes from Anthony Passarelli. Can you talk about the debut of Jeremy Abobasi? Bueno, creo que se anticipó porque justo tuve que hacer un cambio rápido. I think it got sped up because I had to make a quick sub. Eh, Creo que es un jugador que le va a dar mucho a San José. I think he's a player that's going to give San Jose a lot. 
siempre que uno debuta en un equipo y gana es, es importante. One wins on their debut, important. Y bueno, tanto él como sus compañeros y dieron el máximo. Thank you. This next question comes from Ivan Ornelas. Uh, Ivan asks, LAFC had Diego Rossi and Latif Blessing among their substitutes. What was your strategy for dealing with their options off the bench and do you feel it worked? Para sostener los cambios que hicieron ellos y si sentís que funcionó. Bueno, nosotros habíamos mirado bastante a ellos. We've watched them quite a bit. Tienen un excelente plantel. They have an excellent roster. Tienen un muy lindo sistema de juego. They have a really nice system of play. Eh, y son todas de características parecidas para mí. And I think they all have similar characteristics. Creo que eh, en principio pensaba que iba a jugar eh, Rossi. At first, I thought Rossi was going to start. Y bueno, hubo una modificación con un jugador nuevo que llegó. And there was a change with a new player who just arrived. Pero también nos enfocábamos mucho nosotros en nuestro juego y creo que eso lo hicimos. But we also focused a lot on our game, and I think we did that well. Thank you, Matias. Uh, one final question in English from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Matias. Uh, tonight, Nathan had another big game. You know, he. Uh, was credited with the goal in the first half and also had a couple big blocks. You know, what is it about him and the way that he plays that has made such a big difference for this team? Uh, and then if you have any update on uh, his head injury as well, I know that he was struggling a little bit with that. Uh, I'm curious how he's feeling at this point. Muted. Nathan otro partido importante. El primer gol se lo dieron a él y también tuvo un par de bloqueos importantes. Eh, ¿Qué es que tiene Nathan que lo hace encajar también con el equipo? Y si tienes alguna noticia sobre el golpe que recibió de la cabeza que parecía que estaba sufriendo al final. Bueno, en principio creo que es eh, un excelente refuerzo. I think he's an excellent reinforcement. Por lo que va de los partidos se ha adaptado muy bien. Team after game he's been adapting very well. Eh, es un buen profesional, un buen compañero. He's a good professional, he's a good teammate. Y bueno, tanto él como el equipo van creciendo partido tras partido. Recién lo vi en el vestuario, estaba bien. Bueno, así que no, no tiene ningún problema. So he, he has no issue. Thank you, Matías. We're going to switch over to the Spanish portion now and take two questions from Carlos Ramírez. Matías, ¿cómo te va? Feliz noche. Carlos Mauricio Ramírez de Telemundo. Un abrazo. Un abrazo, Carlos. ¿Cómo estás? Bien, eh, eh, Matías, cuando se lesiona o sale a Becasis, eh, te decides por Evovici y cambias del, del 3-4-3 o 5-2-3 al 4-2-3-1, eh, teniendo a Paul María, Marcos López en la banca, cambiaste del lado a Jay y dejaste a Tanner como lateral izquierdo casi, eh, ya con la ventaja 2-0. ¿Qué te motivó a hacer ese cambio, no solamente de pieza, sino de estructura? ¿Qué veías en ese momento en el partido? Yo estaba viendo que el partido estaba para liquidarlo. Eh, y era el momento para agregar un delantero más, eh, porque teníamos, estábamos llegando por intermedio del juego fácil y estábamos fallando jugadas claras que podrían haber terminado el primer tiempo en 3 o 4 a 0. Después, desafortunadamente, eh, 
hacemos un gol en contra, que reabre el partido nuevamente, pero creo que pudimos corregirlo rápidamente y, y hicimos un partido muy inteligente ante un rival que es muy complicado. Y en segundo lugar, Matías, quinto gol de la temporada de, de la Chofis, es el máximo goleador del equipo. Eh, te pregunto si esta es la mejor versión que recuerdas de, de la Chofis. Yo creo que es la mejor versión de cómo veo a él en el día a día. Lo veo muy profesional, lo veo muy enfocado en querer seguir creciendo y mejorando. Eh, y creo que él no se ha dado cuenta del techo que puede llegar a tener. Viene muy bien, eh, todavía le falta para mí, y está en esa búsqueda de, de llegar a, a un nivel que yo creo que él puede llegar. Pero viene muy bien, creo que un jugador que hacía un año y medio no jugaba, eh, que tenga la temporada que está teniendo, habla muy bien de él. Entonces hoy creo que ha recibido siempre tantas críticas y hoy es para, para darle una palmada en la espalda y decirle, aprendiste de tus errores y este es el camino a seguir. Gracias, Matías. All right, thank you very much, Matías and Augustini. Congratulations on the victory. Well, there you have it from Matías Almeida and his Pochmas press conference. Uh, we will be speaking to Christian Espinosa and Jeremy Obobese as well, I believe, uh, currently hearing that from San Jose Earthquakes PR team. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Daniel, was there anything that stood out to you uh, from that press conference? He talked about uh, Obobese. He talked about uh, Nathan. Uh, he talked about Chofis. You know, what, what were your takeaways? Yeah, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm interested, uh, you know, to hear the Spanish translation about what he what he talked about for Shofis. Um, You know, Shofis scored two goals uh, here. He scored one on Wednesday night. He scored, uh, I believe, the night uh, a couple. Yeah, not not the not the one uh, not Seattle, but the game before Portland. Seattle. Port, uh, yeah. Um, so you know, I think the it, there's been a lot of uh, action from him lately in terms of. Um, he's really kind of rounding into form, and I know he was really trying to work on fitness at the beginning of the season, um, just get back to a fit level of playing soccer, um, especially playing a Meta system. And for him to now, all of a sudden, we're starting to see those goal contributions come in a little bit more frequently. Um, you know, it's it's uh, cool to see a player that you know is pretty well cast aside um, based on you know the things and that he was maybe making mistakes in Mexico, just personal life. Um, but just some of the, the, the stereotypes that had kind of risen about him um, at Chivas and the, the kind of a toxic situation. And he comes out now um, to San Jose and uh, has been doing really, really well. So um, <laughs> I do think it's interesting uh, to hear how about about how much that they were expecting uh, Rossi to play um, and kind of maybe had some things in that lineup that they were expecting Rossi to be there instead of uh, the other guy, um, Arango, who just came in uh through you know just prior to the transfer window closing down in la so um so, you know, i i thought arango was fine i thought rossi was much more dangerous when he came on um but i think i'm, I'm curious you know how much of that tactical change was not just abacasis was quote hurt um but uh they were expecting rossi there and arango was going to bring something different and so they adjusted to that and then lafc kind of adjusted back and brought rossi in and we saw rossi get real little dangerous there 
um, towards the end of the end of that half, uh, end of the second half. Um, but you know, I think also his comments about Nathan are spot on. Nathan, Nathan, you know, this run coincides with Nathan's arrival. I know there's plenty of comments uh, in our comments section that you know how many games has you know we're seven games unbeaten. How many games uh, has uh, uh, you know there was one earlier um, you know about him uh, being the the catalyst to this defensive run and you know the one we're showing right now on the screen from Riley. Uh, you know, I think Ver- Big Vic had a huge impact. This also kind of reminds me Clarence Goodson-esque um, more so to when Clarence came in midway through the season and really solidified that back line. And, you, you know, you really realize, oh, okay, now we've got something cooking with Big Vic and Clarence um, on the back line. And that was uh, that was one of, you know, that Nathan gives me that that type of feel um, where maybe an Alanis type player is more of the Big Vic, um, someone that we've had for a while. We've seen enough of him. Um, we know he's good, but he really needs an elite partner next to him to help kind of take him to that next level. Um, and Nathan has really shown to be that, um, you know, he is, a, uh, I, you know, there was one, uh, I was watching him, I think, cover Latif Blessing uh, and just almost step for step with Latif. Um, and if you've ever, it's funny because like, now, Latif used to be with Sporting Kansas City um, when he first signed, and I, I'm five foot six. I'm not the tallest person. Latif is listed at five foot six, and Latif is not five foot six. Um, but for the type of engine that he has, uh, and to see Nathan step for step with him, uh, going out there and, and kind of harrying him and pushing him, and not not pushing him, but just really kind of settling uh, what Latif was trying to do. Uh, down, which is really impressive for a guy who is so big. Um, there's an athletic uh, feature to Nathan, and there's a mental side where he reads the moments where he needs to block um, and cut into space. That he that has shown um, that there's the cerebral side to things that uh, is along with the physical attributes. And I think those are the types of things that when you get that mix of players like that, that's when things start to be really special. So uh, Nathan has been, you know, the the player of the season so far for the Quakes for me uh, with that addition. Absolutely. And he just made a huge block there in the first half. Uh, I Mm -hmm. believe it was from Carlos Vela. Uh, He was in with the captain, (laughs) and Nathan Mm -hmm. had a huge stop. So both end of the field, uh, he is making big contributions. And I think that in terms of temperament, he also pairs with Alanis really well. Alanis is cool, (laughs) calm, composed, collected. Uh, he'll be solid, sturdy back there. Nathan mm-hmm. brings the energy. He brings the leadership. Uh, and I think that's something that's resonated throughout uh, the team. And and that's one of the reasons that they look so confident right now is because he brings that confidence, that swagger to their game. Uh, and I agree with all the comments here. Uh, I think that if he keeps up this kind of form, uh, he's a lock for San Jose's player of the year award. Uh, I, I, I think absolutely the difference that he's made, the contributions that he's made, uh, he's going to be a lock for that award. And Matias Almeida talked about that, about how, you know, how strong uh, an addition he has been. Uh, and I'm seeing another comment here that something that you were mentioning, Daniel, he's surprisingly almost unexpectedly nimble for his yeah. size, uh, able to get low to the ground to make those tackles. I think that's a huge attribute for him. Uh, I want to pick up on a couple of the other things that you were saying as well, especially about trophies, because uh, Almeida did actually talk about trophies in his post-match press conference. And 
our friend Marcelo, uh, who is one of our amazing patrons on the Aftershock and Quakes Epicenter, uh, was able to translate a little bit of that for us. He said he's pleased, uh, Almeida said he's pleased with Chofis and also mentioned that he didn't realize how good Chofis can be. And I think that resonates with me as well because Chofis is really growing into this team. I think he starts out, he's struggling with fitness a little bit. He's kind of struggling to find the right pockets of space, but now he's really blossomed. Mm -hmm. You've seen him get a ton of goals, as you're saying. He mm -hmm. seems more confident trying his luck. And I mean, I also think there's sort of a tactical element in that the Quakes are playing much more on the counterattack now, uh, and they are uh, have more space to attack, basically. He has more space yeah. in the final third. I mean, you saw at the beginning of the year, the Quakes would just try to pass the ball into the back of the net. They would possess the ball a lot. And other teams would sort of just sit back, absorb that pressure, play with sort of a deep mid-block. And the Quakes mm -hmm. had trouble breaking that down. So whenever Chofis got on the ball, he was getting on the ball in tight spaces right in front of the other team's penalty box with three men, four men who would just converge on him whenever he got the ball. Now mm -hmm. he's getting the ball, picking it up in transition. The Quakes are breaking, attacking forward. And he's able to get his head up, run with the ball a little bit, and then release. And so those are much better spots for him to be getting the ball and getting involved. So I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing him succeed uh, as well. Uh, and then lastly, you also mentioned Cade Cowell. And we were talking about this before Almeida's press conference as well. Cade Cowell playing on the wing. Uh, you said that, you know, LAFC are a team where if you can get in behind them on the wing, you actually can get a lot of success. And I thought that he had those opportunities tonight. You could see him uh, making those runs. I don't think the end product was entirely there tonight. I thought he mm -hmm. struggled just a little bit. And you saw the promise. You saw him, you know, making the right runs, doing the right things. But uh, he would sometimes, I think, hold on to the ball a little too long. He wouldn't release it. Uh, and I, so I think he struggled. And maybe that's one of the reasons we actually saw him subbed at halftime. I know a lot of people were kind of confused about that sub uh, because, you know, their attack had been looking good. In the first half, uh, you know, Cade's a guy that definitely has the fitness, <laughs> certainly has the fitness to go all 90 minutes uh, plus extra time. Uh, but Almeida brought him off. He was on a yellow card, so there's that. But I also think that he was kind of just struggling in that area. And uh, Almeida was was probably one of the reasons why, why he made uh, that change. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any other players tonight, Daniel, uh, that stood out to you. Uh, that you want to discuss. I, I think it was a pretty good all-around performance from the Quakes, but uh, yeah. if there's anybody that, you know... You there's one, I, one more that I just would, I, you know, I know uh, Jamin in, in the comments here mentioned, uh, you know, Tanner Beeson. Uh, I thought Beeson was strong, but for me, um, outside of Nathan, outside of the goal scorers, you know, we didn't talk a, enough about, and we've, we've talked a little bit about Espinoza. We haven't mentioned JT Marcinkowski at all. Um, and JT made some fantastic saves today. Um, you know, I think the thing with JT has always been that, like, we know he's a very comfortable um, manager of the box. He's a very good ball player um, as a goalkeeper. Those are very good traits if you're trying to build out of the back um, and play out of, uh, you know, presser and counter pressing like the like LAFC love to do to you. Um, but he, the shot stopping thing is starting to really come into form for him. Um, and that's that's the thing that. That, that, that really raises his profile as a goalkeeper because, you know, we kind of have, you know, think of the U.S. men's national team situation where you have Stefan, who's a great box manager and fantastic goalkeeper on the ball, 
is pretty good at making some stops. We saw some pretty nice saves from him in the Community Shield yesterday against Leicester City. However, Matt Turner is the pure shot stopper, but the guy can't hit a diagonal pass to save his life. We saw that at the Gold Cup. We saw that for uh, uh, you know 270 minutes at the Gold Cup in Kansas City and every game afterwards as well. So um, you know I, the. Marcinkowski's ability to do all of those things when that really comes into form there's a reason why he's been in the youth national team pool for a while um and i think that is uh where um that that really raises the profile of this back line we talk so much about nathan's impact um but you know uh marcinkowski's been able to make some really good saves on some very difficult um things i was looking at the stat sheet here before um we were on there and uh, he had he almost had three goals that should have been it was an expected goals against of i think it was 2.95 this is according to mls soccer so jamin might yell at me because it's not uh asa um but that's what i was able to go off of and they had it quick um we'll see what it looks like in the end but it said uh, you know had a 2.95 expected goals against um and he only gave up one which is an own goal uh so you know those are three goals that he that he probably takes away um on his own uh, uh on his own shot stopping ability um and so uh, if jt's been really growing into the, the 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 good goalkeeping that we've seen you know i know passarelli mentioned on the broadcast the team of the week nod um as well but man the guy is really starting to come into his own um and the the prospect is now turning into the the you know that is who we thought he was going to be and that's the when that when that moment clicks um the that is where players really start to take off in their careers he's young he's the starter it is his job uh it, he is going to have to lose it at this point um and he's just raising his game and raising the profile of what he's been able to do so far this year absolutely and i'm seeing some commenters here who are concurring with you very solid game <clears throat> from jt uh, and I absolutely agree that he had some big stops tonight. I think that could have been a very different game if he didn't pull out a couple of those saves that he made. And I actually think that he had struggled earlier this year. Uh, he had struggled, I think, with his distribution a lot. Uh, teams were pressing the Quakes high, and he sort of got caught in a couple bad situations. I think he struggled aerially with those punches. I think he had one or two rough moments with that uh, defending corners tonight. Uh, but all in all, I think he's improved a lot. He looks a lot more confident now than he did at the start of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a really good thing for the Quakes. Uh, it bodes well for them going forward. Uh, yeah, it, it's just you need a, a strong goalkeeper back there. And I also think that, you know, having sort of a, a solid back line in front of him helps. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, having a back line that's sort of locked in now uh, is going to, you know, raise his level as well you know the communication back there and the leadership and you look like you want to add something here yeah i mean this was interesting because last night you know sporting kansas city played colorado it was a zero zero game and timilia was on and he made some really really good saves but every single thing he can see he sees where that ball is coming from so i asked him what makes that so easy and he was talking about how when you have defenders that press up and all that that back line is in sync it the, as that back line is in sync, the chances and the shots that you see, while some of them you have to make harder saves, it's easier to see it, and it gives you more time to get all the way to the post and make that save, or in quick, quick reflect or quick deflections and quick uh, headers that are tight in to your to where you're at. You can make those quick reaction saves because you can see it the whole way because your defense is locked into where it needs to be. Um, and you know, pros are pros. They're going to put a ball on a dime uh, when they put a cross into the box. 
Um, and, you know, regardless of how good your defense can be, sometimes they can unlock it. So it's how well can you see it um, to be able to make some of those saves. And I think that's something that we're starting to see is that now he is able to see all of the chances that are coming to him. There's very few deflections um, and it, it makes the game feel easier um, and makes that shot stopping ability really shine because he can see everything as it's coming through. He's not trying to see through, see it through, you know, a ton of legs and then react at the last second to a shot that um, might be savable if he could have seen it a split second earlier. So I think I thought that was something interesting that I heard from Amelia. And I think um, from, uh, uh, you know, from, from what we've seen from the back line, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case uh, as to why, Marcinkowski's been able to really come into his form in the last few weeks. Absolutely. This feels like the Marcinkowski of late last season, mm-hmm. the one who took the starting spot away from Daniel Vega last year, confident, uh, assured, uh, playing really well. And I, I do want to add a little bit more about that back line because it, it does feel like it's sort of Almeida's figured it out at this point. And it's a little different than you might expect. You have Nathan in there. You have Alanis in there. Uh, but then on uh, you know the the left side, I think you have Tanner Beeson playing fullback. That was not a position that we knew that Tanner Beeson could thrive in, right? He's mostly played center back the last couple of years for the Quakes. Mm-hmm. I think he was sort of signed in the draft as a center back, uh, but he's looked really confident out there. He's looked really good, uh, and I see no reason uh, why. Almeida should change anything. And in fact, I think he's put guys like Tommy Thompson out of position. We haven't seen Tommy Thompson at all. I don't think we're going to need him anymore. But we're going now to Christian Espinosa in the press conference. Hola, Cristian. ¿Cómo te va? Carlos Mauricio Ramírez de Telemundo. Un abrazo. Hola, ¿cómo estás? ¿Todo bien? Bien. Eh, Cristian, hablando del trámite del partido, ¿Cómo lo viste el equipo el día de hoy con Jeremy? Luego el cambio táctico que hizo Matías. ¿Pasaron del 3-4-3 o el, o el 5-2-3 a, a ese 4-2-3-1? ¿Cómo viste el equipo tú antes y después de esa variante? No, yo lo vi al equipo muy bien porque ya en la semana venimos entrenando con, con diferen, diferentes variantes eh, tácticas. Entonces estamos todos preparados para en cualquier momento del partido que se necesite hacer un cambio táctico ya cada uno sabe lo que tiene que hacer. So the question was on the different tactical changes that Matias made uh, during the game, to which Christian responded, no, I think that's just um, up to to the coach's decision. Uh, we were just working as a team, trying to uh, play the game as it flew by, and uh, we were just looking to each one of us uh, support each other on the field. Thank you, Christian and Pedro. Next question from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Christian. Thank you for joining us tonight, and congratulations on the victory. Um, I'm curious what it was like to play up top alongside uh, Jeremy uh, Abobasi today. You know, he was making his Quakes debut. Uh, What you've seen from him from training in the last couple days, uh, and, you know, what it was like playing up there with him tonight. Muted. Eh, felicidades por la victoria. Te pregunta que cómo fue este jugar con Jeremy, ya que acaba de llegar, cómo lo viste en el partido y cómo lo has visto en los últimos dos o tres entrenamientos que han tenido desde que llegó. Muy bien, la verdad que, que es un jugador eh, muy, muy, muy bueno, muy completo. 
es un jugador muy técnico, muy potente y, y yo creo que con el correr de los entrenamientos se va a poder seguir adaptando cada vez mejor al, al estilo de juego que tiene Matías. Eh, aunque yo creo que hoy en lo que le tocó jugar la verdad que lo hizo muy bien y, y bueno, ojalá que nosotros lo, lo podamos acompañar de la mejor manera en el ataque. Uh, good. He's been really good. Uh, I think he's a very great player, very complete, uh, very technical, um, and he's just going to get better day by day uh, as he adapts to Matisse's style. Uh, but the minutes that he had today, I think he did it really well, and hopefully all of us as a team can support him uh, so he can continue to get better. Thank you. Next question comes from Ivan Ornales. Hello, Christian. Uh, how confident were you that your free kick? How confident were you that your free kick would result in a goal? Given the big crowd of players from both teams, it made it seem difficult to find an intended target, such as Nathan. Pues hablaba que cómo va, qué tan difícil era tratar de ayudar y asistir, ya que hubo jugadas como la de Nathan donde se vio un poco complicado. No, sí, obviamente cada vez es, es difícil quizá encontrar a, a Nathan porque, bueno, él al ser el jugador más alto siempre es el que más marcado está. Eh, pero como digo siempre, nosotros venimos preparando el partido durante toda la semana y hay diferentes jugadas particulares que, que, que la hemos estado trabajando y que, y que, bueno, cada uno de nosotros conoce las virtudes de, de, de cada uno de nuestros compañeros y, y tratamos de, de aprovecharlo al máximo. Y bueno, y hoy por suerte una de esas jugadas que, que tanto venimos practicando se, se volvió a dar. I think it's difficult um, every now and then depending on the challenges that we face and the encounters that we have on the field. Uh, in this case with Nathan, uh, he happened to be uh, in a really good spot, which uh, he was able to score his goal. But we try to work on those different plays, set pieces, etc. Uh, during each training, uh, and I think that's something that we continue to get better. Uh, each one of us knows um, each other's virtues, vir virtues, so we're just looking to strain on those plays and continue to move forward. Thank you. We're going to take two more questions, starting with Carlos Ramirez. Hey, Cristian, siete partidos seguidos, el equipo sin perder con dos victorias, con cinco empates, es, es una muy buena racha. Pero ¿qué sientes que tiene que mejorar todavía el equipo que aún está ahí en las puertas de meterse en la en zona de clasificación? ¿Qué, ¿Para ti qué es el aspecto más importante a corregir para que la racha siga y sean más victorias que empates? No, no yo creo que es fundamental que sigamos manteniendo el orden que, que estamos teniendo en los últimos partidos. La verdad que los últimos tres Sí, tres, cuatro partidos fueron contra grandes equipos. Eh, yo creo que de los mejores de la liga y lo hemos hecho muy bien. Hemos logrado eh, conseguir el triunfo en, en dos de ellos. Así que eh, yo creo que es cuestión de mantener el orden, seguir siendo un equipo eh, físicamente cada vez mejor. Eh, sabemos que, que hay un montón de cosas que tenemos que mejorar, tanto defensivamente como ofensivamente. Y, y ajustando esos detalles yo creo que vamos a vamos por el buen camino eh, para lograr el objetivo que tenemos nosotros. Uh, the question was on the unbeaten streak that the team currently has, to which Christian responded, 
I think we're just looking to do our best each time. Uh, we've played against two or the three uh, of the top teams in the league, and we've been able to win two of those. So uh, I think we're in a good moment. But we're just trying to figure out and improve on each of our different pieces and, and game by game. Uh, and I think it's, it's going to be a team effort overall. Thank you, Christian. One final question from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Christian, uh, with Abobisi joining uh, the team uh, as, you know, a number nine, uh, when he came on, we saw Cade Cowell get shifted out to the wing. Uh, and I'm assuming that's something we might see more of, Cade playing on the wing. Uh, you know, as a winger, as someone who, uh, you know, gets in behind and puts those balls in, like yourself, um, you know, how do you see Cade growing on the wing? You know, what are some things you think that uh, he needs to improve on and, you know, some things that he does, you know, really well already? Uh, and is that something that, you know, you're helping him with, helping him grow uh, into a better winger? Cuando entró Jeremy, eh, vieron que Kate lo recorrieron a la banda izquierda o derecha, eh, tuvo un poco más de volante uh, en vez de nueve. Tú como volante, ¿cómo, qué, ¿qué es lo que miras en Kate para que siga creciendo y ¿Qué tipo de enseñanzas o consejos estás dando para que él mejore? No, yo creo que, que Key está dando pasos agigantados en, en su crecimiento. La verdad que para nosotros es algo muy lindo ver el, el crecimiento que tuvo a comparación del año pasado a este año. Sigue siendo un jugador muy joven y nosotros tratamos de, de apoyarlo en, en todo momento, de, de, de tratar de, de que él logre disfrutar de de jugar al fútbol, que es lo más importante, es lo que siempre Matías nos pide a nosotros. Y nosotros como compañero, como te dije, estamos ahí para ayudarlo a, a que siga mejorando en un montón de, de aspectos, como, como también él nos ayuda a crecer a nosotros, porque en definitiva, eh, al tener un compañero tan rápido, tan habilidoso como es Key y tan potente, nosotros también nos tenemos que, que acoplar a él. Eh, si no, obviamente sería un equipo muy disparejo, entonces el crecimiento yo creo que es mutuo, no es solo de Key, sino que todo el equipo también tiene que aprender a, eh, a acoplarse a ese crecimiento que Key está teniendo para poder eh, ayudarlo en todo momento y lograr, como te dije antes, por sobre todas las cosas, de que él disfrute de jugar al fútbol y que cada vez se sienta más, más liberado, que es en el momento en que en que él más lúcido va a poder estar y va a poder marcar la diferencia como lo viene haciendo. Yeah, I think uh, Kate's taking gigantic steps. Uh, he still continues to be a young player, but we continue to help him out day by day. Um, and also, it's something that Matias uh, tells all of us as a team to continue to help each other. And I think overall, uh, we got to help out Kate because he helps us out in return and we continue to grow, not just him, but overall, all of us overall as a team. Uh, I think it's part of his growth. He, he continues to, to improve. He's a lot better this season in comparison to the previous season, uh, which is something that is very beautiful to see and something that we're all very happy of. So it's just a matter of continuing on that growth and, and helping him out um, because it's going to be the same same rate of return in terms of how he helps us grow as well. All right. Thank you very much, Christian and Pedro, and congratulations on the victory. Thank you. Okay, guys, Jeremy Obobese will be joining us. There you have it from Christian Espinosa. We'll also be joined by Jeremy Obobese 
momentarily after his Quakes debut. So stick around for that. Uh, Daniel, anything that stood out to you from that press conference? Um, you know, I think, uh, it, you know, I one Espinosa was very quick to compliment uh, the type of player that Abobasi is. Um, and I think you're, I really do think stylist, like when they made the trade stylistically, I was like, this is fantastic. This is great for the quakes. Um, this is the exact kind of player that they will need, um, in the long term, Cause you know, while Alwando hasn't officially retired, um, you know, who, who knows how much, how many more seasons he's got. Obviously he has a lot of seasons left ahead of him. Um, he's a really talented player. And as he gets used to this system, I really see him being a perfect, he and he and Shofis can play as the number nine or the, the guy behind the nine and they can swap in those roles. And I think they're both pretty comfortable in doing so. Um, I don't know if, you know, I, I know you asked about Obviously as a winger um, from what I've seen from Obviously, I've never been a fan of him as a winger, but um, I do know that's a position that's in his arsenal that maybe in a pinch he can go to. But, um, you know, I, I think the players recognize the quality that Obobese has. And I think that when they get gelled with each other, it's, it's going to be um, a, a link up that is going to be really, really good. Um, that He is such a cerebral player as a forward. He really sees the game well and has really good vision um uh from when he needs to make his run to seeing other people's runs um you know i know he's still just kind of getting used to it there's that one chance uh where he could have slipped at the cowl mm. um and he he didn't and he probably could have brought the runner in but you know he's barely played at all for portland recently so um there's going to be a mix of him getting back into form again um and getting used to playing games regularly and there's also going to be a mix of um uh, of of him getting used to the his teammates but um there's one note you know that i think will be interesting to watch as this goes right now might be a tough time for that kind of stuff to come because the games are going to start to come thick and fast here um in the coming weeks you know they play sure they don't play again until friday but they play friday august 13th at home against vancouver they'll play at home again that tuesday and then on a friday again august 20th um until they have about a two-week break um so uh you know i think there <laughs> that's a lot of games um between today um and uh that's what four games in the next 12 days um that's a lot of games uh that, that that's going to be coming thick and fast so um, you know, the Quakes are going to have to make do a lot of rotation, keep people fresh, keep people um, healthy and, uh, you know, be have players be honest and they take inventory. So we see subs like the, you know, like bringing on a Bobasi, like pulling an Abacassis. I know it was a little early for that and maybe not so much that, but um, the, the fixture congestion thing. But those kind of players are going to need to play um, and, and get some time together. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out over the next few weeks. But uh, it's encouraging to, to hear Espinoza excited to play alongside the Bobasi. And it, it does feel like they have options to sort of cover uh, that as well. I mean, you see guys like Carlos Fierro and Andy Rios you know, who were basically locked in starters at the beginning of the year, barely getting minutes. And now we are joined by Jeremy Obobese. You talk about your first experience playing in front of the home crowd at PayPal Park. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's better to play uh, for them than against. I've had a, I've had some tough experiences playing here at PayPal Park with the Timbers, and, and it was always a battle. And you could feel the energy that, they fed to the team and the team would run with it and, and put us under a ton of pressure. So to have them right back this time was, uh, again, uh, re-energizing and 
was great to get a big win against LAFC in front of them. I think there's many more to come. Thank you, Jeremy. This next question comes from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Jeremy. This is Alex Morgan from Quake's Epicenter. Uh, thanks for joining us and congratulations, of course, on uh, the debut. Um, you know, what did Matias tell you when he put you in the game? You know, it's the 36 minute, uh, you know, from the outside, at least it was fairly unexpected uh, to have a first half sub like that uh, and maybe a different situation getting thrown in in the first half. So, you know, what did he tell you when he put you in uh, and how do you feel like you sort of adjusted uh, and uh, to the pace of the game? And, you know, how, how do you feel about your performance in that uh, debut? Muted. Yeah, I think it was about getting up to speed on the tactics as quickly as possible, understanding who was coming out, who was sliding into which position, and making sure that my entry into the game didn't cause any setbacks from a tactical perspective. And then from there, it was also about enjoying the game, coming in with energy and, and feeling natural, feeling a part of the group, which I think for my first game especially, I think I did that pretty well. And I was pleased with the connection with the wingers and the way that they read my touches on the ball and were able to to find the spaces that uh, I would eventually put the ball in. And, and then obviously as a striker, you look for goals. So to not come away with a goal, uh, I understand that that's something that I'll be looking to contribute even more in, in my next performances. But I think we got in good spaces as a team. The, the pressure put LAFC under uh, a lot of difficulty. And then our counterattacks and, and the way that we built up put them in, in tough spots as well. So we've got threats from from every position on the field and, and it's about utilizing that and complementing each other moving forward. Thank you. This question comes from Ivan Ornelas. He asks, beyond the match today, how would you describe your experience arriving and getting used to your new surroundings here in San Jose? Yeah, it was a really, really warm welcome from everyone, starting with the fans and, and getting into the locker room with the players, coaches, everyone in, in the team environment has been super open and really trying to make it as easy as possible for me to, to feel settled in. And once you get onto the field, you know, we all speak the same language, the, the language of the sport, and and we start to see different connections popping up. And it's just really exciting and really refreshing to be uh, in this environment. I think that there's more for me to give both from a personality standpoint and then from a, from a football standpoint. But first couple of days with the hectic nature of, of having to pack up and you know, take a flight and then get acquainted to a new system and meet everyone and, and get to know different names and different tendencies. I think it's been a, a relatively smooth transition and I'm looking forward to cementing it even more. Thank you. We're going to take two more questions, starting with Carlos Ramirez. Uh, hi, Jeremy. Carlos Ramirez, Telemundo and NBC Sports Bay Area. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Good. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think will take you more time to learn and adapt to the, the shifts and constant changes of the structure going forward on the attack side from the 3-4-3 or 5-2-3, even the 4-2-3-1 you saw today, or the mix of the man-marking system that Matias has in place with that splash of zone defense that he applies. What do you think you have to put more time into learning? I think, honestly, it although I've only been here a few days, it's it's coming pretty quickly. And the guys around us or around me are always giving me tips and giving me good communication. So I was went to go and pressure someone or went to hold on the guy that I'm supposed to be holding on to. So through teamwork, I'm able to adapt to the, to the defensive side of the game. 
and, and understanding where they need me so that they can not compromise their own position. Um, so as an attacker, I'm, I'm brought in to influence the attack first and foremost. And I think that's where I need to continue to focus because I trust my ability to, to really understand the defensive side of the game and my commitment to that. But I want to be able to make a difference uh, on the ball and I want to learn my teammates' tendencies even more and kind of let them know uh, how they can involve me in the game. But I, I think it's really promising some of the connections that uh, I saw on the field today, and, and hopefully they feel the same way. Thank you, Jeremy. One final question from Alex Morgan. Unmuted. Hi, Jeremy. I, I want to ask a follow-up about, you know, sort of learning the man-marking system in defense. You know, when you arrive in San Jose, is that something that, you know, Matias sits down uh, and talks about, you know, sort of runs you through how that's uh, how that works, maybe on a chalkboard in training. Is that something that he's showing you or is it more that you're thrown in and sort of just have to pick it up on the fly and, and take cues from other players? And, you know, how do you feel like uh, you're adapting to it? And maybe, you know, it's something that a lot of people talk about, you know, is it sort of what you expected or are there other wrinkles that sort of surprised you? Muted. I think it's a mix. You get the chalkboard side of things, the the notebook and, and the arrows, but you're only going to understand that so much until you're thrown into a situation and really have to make decisions on the fly because a good team is going to put you in situations that are going to make you not necessarily question if you're in the right position, but uh, they're going to make you be sure of that decision that you're taking, whether it's to stay or whether it's the pressure. So it, it's a good mix there, but I think I'm uh, I think I'm understanding it pretty well from the outside looking in. It looks a lot more complicated than uh, when I've gotten in here so far, and so I think again it's early days. But I like to start. I think there's a lot to build off of, both attacking and defending, and and to come away with three points today is the most important thing. Now we need to build off that. All right. Thank you very much, Jeremy, and congrats on your debut and the victory. Thank you all. There you hear it from Jeremy Abobasi after his San Jose Earthquakes debut. And uh, I want to immediately jump to the comments section uh, here because there are a lot of, I think, very impressed fans here saying he is so well-spoken. I'm proud to have him in our club. Can we just have Abobasi in every post-match interview? I 100% agree with these comments. Uh, he is so well-spoken. Uh, his insight there in that press conference uh, was really revealing, uh, and I, I, I was very impressed uh, with him as a leader and, and sort of a spokesman for the club. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was such a fan favorite in Portland. I think the Portland fans really appreciated that from him. Obviously, his work in social justice as well, leading the Black Players for Change uh, group in Major League Soccer as one of the founding members of that. Uh, the fans in Portland loved him for all of those reasons. We're sad to see him go for San Jose uh, go. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why this is such a good deal for the Quakes and, and why Chris Leach brought him in. And his introductory press conference midweek, Chris Leach said that, you know, one of the reasons they're so confident about the signing is because they see him as being uh, a leader in the community, a leader uh, in this club. And I think you see it right from the, the get-go uh, there with that press conference. Daniel, 
what was your take? Uh, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, I think it's it's always nice when you have players that are um, very open and honest. Um, not only from you know from media standpoint, it makes our job a lot easier. Um, you know, you can you can ask uh, a simple question and they will have no problem going off um, and giving uh, a a, a, a uh, um, an expanded answer and a thought a well thought out answer. Um, obviously, you know, results help, uh, players want to talk when results are going well. Um, you know, they will be more thoughtful and answered and measured in their responses. Um, I always find Peter Vermees's press conferences with Sporting Kansas City go way longer when they win than they do when they lose because he is happy and in great mood and he'll talk about whatever you want. Um, but you know, actually I think a, a player that Ibo Bise reminds me of covering was actually like Benny Failhaber. Uh, Benny obviously is a great like media person, right? He's great in front of the, in, uh, um, in media and videos and team and all that stuff. He's got a great personality, but uh, in, in answering stuff, he's extremely honest and very open about things. And when you have a player like that, um, one, it makes that player a lot more endearing to the fan base because it feels like the players bringing them in um, to their level and bringing them through their own experiences. But at the same time, uh, you know, that personality will end up transcending and you talk about what type of a leader he is off the field um, and what he does in the community and what he's done with the Black Players for Change um, Coalition, you know, and all that 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 whole group you know the, it's a you've got a really uh good player that is now in this team and on top of it he is a really good person for the media promotion of this team and he's going to be a great community asset as well um you know i i obviously you know a lot of the whole he's really well spoken well remember he went to duke um the, the duke education is kind of you, you 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 get into duke because you are um a very bright individual so um i i Ibo say 100% for me um, is a, a win, uh, both going to be a win both on the field and um, off the field as well. And so we get a little bit of a glimpse of that in this quick press conference. Um, and a format like, you know, this show really helps do that. You know, I know it brings it to the fans and people can go back later and really see the interaction that he has. I know it's all through um, Zoom and stuff like that, but it's an opportunity that maybe doesn't happen if you're down in the locker room with a player or in a press room waiting for him to come up and everyone's in there through the Zoom stuff. You're able to really kind of showcase this abroad um, about how good he is with media and with how good uh, he is uh, just in, in, in talking about um, the things that he's picking up on. But a, a quick, you know, on the play side, you know, he mentioned that he's been really picking up on a lot of cues and it helps that a lot of players are constantly giving him direction and little tips and stuff like that. And that to me, that one is a sign of a good culture um, inside the locker room. The players are really trying to help him assimilate and get in that nobody's really seeing him as a, you're my job threat um, kind of a thing, which, you know, in professional sports that can happen. So that's a sign of a good culture in the locker room as well. So a lot of really good nuggets that you can kind of, take away from some of the things that he was saying uh, in, in his time. Absolutely. And I know he's only 24, Daniel. I know he's only 24. He has a mm-hmm. long career ahead of him, but I see him uh, as having a potential media career uh, after his playing days are over. Or honestly, a coaching anything he wants to do as well. He has the tactical insight and the understanding mm-hmm. of the game. Um, I want to take some questions from the audience before uh, we wrap up. I heard one from our esteemed uh, co-host, Jamin Moore, who couldn't be with us tonight, uh, but has been in the comment section this whole time. So we appreciate Jamin. He asks, 
What did we see from the man marking tonight uh, from the tactical view in the press box? Is it still being barely used, uh, particularly when the Quakes are up a goal? This is something we've been talking about, I think, for the last couple of games. So the Quakes are playing more pragmatically, more zonally in defense than usual. Uh, tonight, I actually think that they started the way they started. They were man marking. They were 100 percent man marking Jamin across the field. You know, obviously, they have one of the center backs as sort of a sweeper uh, zonally. Uh, but the rest uh, of the team was man marking until they made that change, until Abobasi came on. After that point, I think it kind of started to fall apart a little bit because Abobasi didn't really know uh, what he was doing in some of those moments. And then you have players covering and it sort of just all collapses into his zonal system. But once I think Abobasi uh, can, you know, get up to speed, uh, acclimated to that system, hopefully relatively quickly, uh, I think we're still going to see Almeida man marking and using that as a tool. I mean, it's something that he is so deeply ingrained into this team. Uh, you know, even if it's not their go-to, they still know how this system works. They can still pull it out of their pockets uh, if needed in the right situation. Uh, so you can keep your questions coming in here uh, in the comments section. Uh, I want to turn it back over to uh, Daniel here uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, Christian Espinosa because we did get to chat to him uh, before Abobasi. Uh, in that post-match press conference. Uh, and, you know, we saw the, the confidence that he had in this game, getting not one, but two uh, assists, getting him behind. Uh, and it looks like he's really been growing uh, this season. And, and, you know, there was one commenter who had said, you know, it doesn't look like he quite has the pace that he used to have. I think uh, LAFC's defenders were able to sort of match him running man-to-man uh, -man there. Uh, and I think that might be true. Maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but it does feel like he might have slowed down a little bit. And that's a little bit of a concern. But also, you know, with the way that he plays, you know, taking the touch by the defender and getting it behind. Maybe you don't need so much blistering pace as much as that quick acceleration and sort of that footwork and ability to get in behind the defender. Uh, and maybe that's where he can succeed Daniel, is that something you noticed? Am I going crazy here? What do you think? No, I don't think you're going crazy here at all. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if his his step is as quick as it was uh, maybe a couple, uh, a couple of years ago when he first came on with the Quakes. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, as a designated player, what he's going to be judged by is his contribution, um, not whether or not he burns a defender. Um, and the the fact that he has been, uh, you know. Uh, on the score sheet more often than not in the last few games um and during this stretch that is a nice stretch because that is a nice surprise because at the beginning of the season he was not um he was constantly putting passes wrong um wrong ball wrong time to shoot there was one play i vividly remember in the kansas city game um when they were out here uh he could have kept going and he could have rounded the entire defense because the entire sporting kansas city back line was going the wrong way um as opposed to where he was going and he could have burned every single one of them and got around timelia and slotted it into the empty net and it would have been uh at that point it was in the first half i believe so it would have been one nothing uh to the quakes at that point and you know nathan's goal would have been a winner then um 
but you know he didn't he opted for a left-footed shot from outside of the box at the top and that's just not a play that i feel like we see from espinoza um as much now he's kind of getting into it he's ripping um in those hard load those hard and low shots from distance he's putting in that whip service behind the box uh or behind the back line um which forces them to drop deeper when he gets on the ball and then opens up uh, the cut back to the penalty spot to show fees that he scores later. Um, so, you know, I think those are all he's seeing um, the, uh, the, the game, uh, I think in a better, um, in a better way than he was at the beginning of the season. And when you're a designated player, um, I mean, the Quakes really have won, uh, you know, and when he's, he has to be on the score sheet um, and he has to be in the lineup um, because of the way that they choose, you know, financially to go about this team. So um, if he's not performing, then that is really detrimental to them. And so the fact that he is now performing um, as opposed to what we saw at the beginning of the season where it did not look good and looked pretty bleak there for a few weeks um, on Espinosa's uh, game this year, you know, it's, uh, it's really starting to come into form um, like the Quakes, you know, the whole team's in form um, and Espinosa, uh, Espinosa's contribution on the score sheet um, is no coincidence to that change in form. And I think that's a great segue into the next question here, which is what was the attendance like at the match? What was the vibe at PayPal Park? <clears throat> I think it was very lively at PayPal Park. Uh, you know, it's never quite sold out uh, these days. And in part, that's because you have a lot of people down in the bar. And so not everybody makes it to their seats. Uh, but I think if the Quakes continue to play this way, we'll see more and more fans coming back. Uh, and certainly there was a lot of energy after they scored those two goals. Uh, I think this team has a lot of confidence right now. Uh, and that's uh, a sort of reciprocal uh, relationship with the fans, bringing the energy. Uh, before we go to our final thoughts, I do want to plug uh, the Patreon uh for Quake's Epicenter and the Aftershock. Uh, we rely on your contributions to make this show happen. Uh, you can contribute $2 a month to become a patron and you will get exclusive behind the scenes access. You'll get uh, all the articles on Quake's Epicenter early uh, released for patrons uh, 24 hours or more before they come out to the general public. You'll get access to our quarterly Zoom calls with all the fans uh, for $5 a month you get to join our patron Slack, uh, which was popping off during this game, always lively after a Quakes win. Uh, and uh, you also get uh, to chat with everybody in the Quakes Epicenter team, uh, behind the scenes access. Uh, it all goes back into making this show happen. So we really appreciate all of our wonderful patrons in the comments tonight uh, who make this show happen. Uh, I want to bring it back around now to Daniel for your final thoughts after tonight's game. Yeah, um, just I'll make them brief. You know, this is a team that's really been playing well and really rounding into form um, in general. Um, things are clicking. Uh, they're starting to find, um, you know, Jamin's comment here about Espinosa making cutback assists means he's rounding into form again. Um, that's entirely true. We've seen Yule and Espinosa are two. Uh, linchpins um, and how this team works uh, and to see um, Ewell's long balls and his line splitting uh, passes coming off and seeing Espinosa um, being really, really dangerous and getting assists and getting on the score sheet there. Um, these are a lot of positives and it, it all coincides. Everybody's kind of rounding into form. They're gelling again. 
Um, MLS is a forgiving league where you can get into ruts of form like they had, um, uh, you know, for a bit there. And um, you can come back from it. And we saw, I mean, after the MLS back tournament last year, the Quakes um, to the eye test uh, were the worst team in Major League Soccer for about two weeks. Um, and all of a sudden they were one of the best for another two weeks and rebounded and kept their form all the way into a postseason game and went toe to toe with the top seed. Um, that you know, think of the Seattle Sounders, they were in dead la- almost in last place in July and went back, came on, uh, to not only win MLS Cup, but we ended up first in the Western Conference. There's time in this season and ways for you to get back into form. It's about hitting your stride and your form in the playoffs and being able to build to that um is uh is something that is good and so um you know if you're the quakes and quakes fans you should be excited about what you're seeing um but really hope that you continue to see more because i know that you know uh, there's a little bit got let off the hook today um uh, by way of some chances that lafc had and uh you know i think i uh, this game could have been a little different um if ball bounces a certain way um somebody's leaning at a different way um and so i you know but Overall, they got the result. They job well done. Um, but folks, you got to be. Uh, th- this team is really rounding into form, and it's something to be excited about. Absolutely, and it feels a lot like last season, where you know they struggle through some of those summer months, uh, but then you know pick pick it up again, get into a good streak of form. Hopefully, they can carry it through to the end of the season. And I think it's been a sort of confluence of different factors. You know, you have a question here: Was breaking our bad form? Just as simple as adding Nathan, or is there something more? I think Nathan is a huge factor, uh, having him there in defense, also in set pieces, and, and sort of the energy and leadership that he brings. He's definitely a huge factor. But I also think that there's sort of been a tactical evolution of this team that we've talked about, turning into a more pragmatic team, uh, sort of mentally shifting into a more defensive, counterattacking mindset. And I, I think that's made the Quakes a, a lot better. And Uh, Look, they have a bunch of matches coming up. They will play Vancouver on Friday. Uh, There's a question here about uh, Florian Youngworth, who uh, got traded to Vancouver last week. Is he still good enough for MLS? I think that's an open question at this point. Uh, He's 32 years old. Uh, He's been a backup most of the time uh, for the last couple of years for the Quakes. So I think he kind of has a point to prove. Uh, in Vancouver. Uh, and I thought he played well in the last couple of games for the Quakes in central midfield. So hopefully he gets a shot there uh, for Vancouver. Obviously, he was a fan favorite in San Jose. So uh, I think most Quakes fans would love to see him succeed in Vancouver. Uh, but we will see. That's Friday. Uh, the Quakes will play Vancouver. We will be there with you live after the game uh, on behalf of Alex Morgan here, Daniel Sperry. Uh, We really appreciate you all for joining us tonight. Uh, We hope you have a good one and we will see you next time.